0: I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. This is the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change, making the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. On this Friday, the 13th, April 2018, just received word that President Donald Trump approved the airstrikes on Syria. What does that mean For the country, what does that mean for the world? We're going to dissect that a little bit. I am not going to spread the fear that a lot of the mainstream is putting out there. There are things that I believe we need to be concerned about, but I'm going to do my best to measure my tone and my approach to analyzing this objectively. We definitely have to be concerned, uh, but I don't want to go about spreading the fear that goes on so regularly because it sells, it sells. I watched CNN, an update uh, after uh, after Mattis was on there talking, for five minutes and just the tone just gets you all worked up like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. And it's a horrible thing. War is a horrible thing, but I, I want to take a step back. Ray did some work. He posted an article tonight. Um, we really need to get this one right, my friends. We need to take a long, hard look. Uh, at what's going on. The whole show's not going to be about this. I I may put a future show together on that. There's so much information out there. I'm sure every channel you turn to will be talking about it. I need to touch on it because it's important, but we also need a break from some of that stuff sometimes or to come at it from a different angle, keeping the other stuff in mind. I was talking to... I was talking to Ray a lot this week. Um been blowing up each other's Facebook. And I was talking to him about some of the uh, issues I've been dealing with. And it kind of moved into, you know, the political climate and things of that nature. And, you know, so I put my spin on it of how I see things. And then Ray ties in his level of expertise, talking about Anunnaki and ancient history. And we came up with this awesome picture of... What's going on? And my my point in sharing that is we need to talk about these things more from your perspective, from what you know, and get in touch with people who have expertise in other areas. If we had somebody who was an astrophysicist, somebody who was a chemical biologist, somebody who's an, an, um, a, a geologist, an archaeologist, uh, a religious uh, researcher, all these different fields have expertise and they view a particular situation or scenario with a different light, with a different background. When I worked in Intel, we had what was called the All-Source Intelligence Center. You had everybody with different specialties and we'd all sit there and look at the same problem. So, well, here's what I'm seeing from my angle. Here's what I'm seeing. And you get a whole big picture from that. And Again, I say it every week. That's why I'm proud to be working with Ray because when we have these dialogues, we each have our own areas and we're just two guys right now. Um, right now I'm a guy in my basement in in uh, sweatpants, so, so let's let's talk about how sophisticated I am, but uh, I digress. Imagine if we had a larger team with even more experience and more expertise coming in here, what we could learn, what we could piece together. Um, so you know again, reach out to us. We're looking for more people to contribute and join what we're doing. but even in your own ventures, your own trusted circles, that's why we, again, aim to make the power normal normal and the supernatural natural because there's something to it. So uh, I, I just wanted to put that out there. Been a uh, an, an interesting week. I don't know. I read three weeks ago. It said Mercury's going into retrograde and this one's going to be particularly bad. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. It said electronic devices are going to fail. Relationships are going to be put to the test. You're going to bump into your ex-girlfriend, all this crazy stuff. And let me tell you... <laughs> I I, I talked about it in the last couple weeks, how my my family's been sick, I've been sick. Nobody was sick this week. My youngest was teething, so we were losing sleep over that one. Uh, But electronic devices have been failing around me like crazy. I don't know what's going on. Uh, A couple days ago, I was really feeling like I was under some kind of spiritual attack, as weird as that may sound, or going through some kind of energetic... Shift in my body because of the meditations I've been doing, and I've been, I've been earthing. I'll explain that in a minute for those that know what that is. Um, So something is going on with me. My refrigerator in the last couple weeks, my refrigerator died. The power locks on my car stopped working. I can't open the hatch in the back of my vehicle. Um, My cell phone started acting crazy, and I was dealing with it, dealing with it, and then it just completely it's kaput. So I had to get a new cell phone. As I was trying to transfer my data, my computer stopped working. It's working fine now, fortunately, but it started going haywires. Apps were failing. Software was failing on me. It sucked up hours and hours of my time. When I went to get my new phone, the, the person uh, you know, at the phone store pulls out her tablet as she's plugging in my information. And she goes, your account's blank. I can't see anything. And her, her equipment started malfunctioning. The printer stopped working. I was like, look, it's me. I don't know what's going on. Something was going on with me. I, again, part of me feels like what I went through is some kind of cleanse or purge because I think there's some, my intuition tells me there's some big positive things coming and a lot of this stuff needed to shed out of me. But at the same time, I also feel that there's there was something negative that was just attached to me, some kind of parasite or archon or whatever, just trying to suck the life out of me. So I, I'm going to reach out to some friends of mine locally and, and you know try to get uh, a Reiki session as well. Um, you know, to just try to cleanse myself. But I've been meditating. I've been I've been grounding myself. Um, you know, and just trying to de stress when I can, and, and doing yoga and stuff. But crazy, 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 crazy. Speaking of crazy, uh, I was listening to uh, Grant Cameron, I believe is his name, prominent UFO researcher. Uh, I'm going to talk about him in a little bit one of the things he said, you know, I, I watched this this interview with him. It was, it was, I think it was March 2018. It was this year. A lot of commentary on To the Stars and what's going on. And I got to say, he made the comment. He says, what most people aren't saying in the UFO field, this is what separates him from 99.9% of the UFO community. I'll put myself in his category, not that him and I are on the same level, but we're of the same mindset I'll put Willie Streber in that category. Nobody's talking about consciousness. Nobody's talking about the value of consciousness, the importance of consciousness, and how it ties into exploring and understanding the ET phenomena. And he said that you can look at these videos that To The Stars is releasing all day long. You're never going to figure it out, what it is, how it works, because we're not applying the consciousness piece. And he talked about Stephen Greer, how he does the CE5 uh, and he's contacting these ships and he's making these ships or inviting these ships to appear. You know, Stephen Greer says the CE5 is where you, you meditate, you, you go into a, an altered state of consciousness and your remote view and contact these ships, and then you tell them basically where you are. And these ships then, you know, he, he's he got great video that he was showing in one of his talks of all these lights appearing. You can believe it, you can choose not to believe but Grant Cameron went to an event, not Stephen Greer's event, but somebody else, a group of people doing something similar and he was saying they were creating what's called Zendras, which are these circles where then within the circle, these beings are manifesting and they're appearing. They're non-human. Uh, and he had some fascinating stories coming out of that, that these people are seeing. And he said certain people are what he called antennas, and they have a stronger connection. They're wired that way. He had some great research coming out. He said, he said that people who experience the abduction phenomena, a certain percentage of them, I think it was like 18%, report being taught how to fly the craft. And he said, oh man, so much going through my head right now. He said, we're not studying these people. And I said it a couple weeks ago. I said, when I was getting mad at Tucker Carlson, I said, why aren't we interviewing previous experiencers, people who have had these encounters, people who have seen the beings, been in the ships, these are the people we, they're the front lines, yes, it's witness testimony, but you can corroborate stories by interviewing a multitude of them, and there are a multitude of them. You know, the, the, what these people have to tell us is that they're using consciousness to fly these ships. We should study them. We should study their brains, with their consent, of course. Study what they're doing. Uh, what is their experience? What are they learning? What are they being said? Put a database together. I, I know these things exist out there. A lot of, you know, independent researchers have put some pieces together but on a large scale we need to be doing this and I, I bet you we figured out a lot faster than this you know aatip program looking at threats and you're just looking at the physical manifestations well there's another piece to it and uh, you know I'm, I'm positive of that it, and it's consciousness and a lot of my research speaks to that speaking of experiencers six Sense media on facebook facebook.com slash Sixth Sense media ray posted something um I'm just going to read it real quick. November 5th, 1975, logger Travis Walton is abducted by an advanced craft that captured him in a beam while, while coworkers watched. He was missing five days, and coworkers were being threatened with murder charges when he re- reappeared. All past polygraphs. Hashtag UFO history. These are the types of stories we need to be revisiting. Fire in the Sky. That movie scared the crap out of me when I watched it. It, it resonated on a level... I I, I don't know. Again, I don't know that that's been my experience, but something about that terrified me, and the faces I did recognize something similar to that in the video. Uh, And I'm sharing that little piece to my experience because, again, I think we need to talk about this stuff. So, again, if you know anybody who's had these encounters, please, um, I'd love to talk to you on the air. Please have the courage I, we need to make these stories more common. That's that's all I can say. Um, because in the few people I've interviewed for this show that have talked on this subject, I, it's really coming back to me. I had a guest, I guess over a year ago, who talked about his encounters with UFOs and with these beings. And what he revealed was, I'll quote him, he says, they are us. Now the audio I have for that show, it's on YouTube the audio is terrible. I had crappy equipment. I was trying my best, but it's a shame because it's a powerful interview. And he says, they are us and they're coming back from the future to, to work with us or, or, or something. Now, uh, Whitley Strieber has made similar comments. They are us and we are them. Maybe there's something to that. Maybe with man, so much. I want to get into my, my head starting to explode right now. But when he first said that to me on that show, as a as a respectful host, I, I didn't argue with them, but in my head, I had cognitive dissonance kick in because that's not the paradigm that I was a part of. That's not what I believed at that point in time. I was like, Yeah, I don't think that's what they are. I didn't know what they are, but I didn't think they were us in the future. That was just that was one of the last possibilities that I wanted to consider. So in my mind I was like, eh, I'm gonna kinda dismiss that one. But lately I've been seeing more and more stuff coming out that lends the possibility that these things may somehow be connected to us and our future so i i don't know but that's why we never just outright dismiss anything and we listen to everybody because no matter how crazy something sounds now sometimes we're just not ready to hear that information had i told myself this stuff 20 years ago i would have called me crazy so Listen to it, file it away for a rainy day, and it might resonate later. I'd love to get Travis on the air to talk about his story again, um, you know, and share it. I think we need to bring these stories out again and start really pushing that so we can better understand what's going on. All right, let me shift gears for a minute. I have some tech stuff, some AI stuff that I'm going to get into. Several articles came out over the past week that I'm going to talk about. And I have, thanks to Ray Davis's find, a bombshell of an article talking about the possible true purpose of Facebook. So stay tuned for that one. It's coming up in a little bit uh, when I get to that earthing. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go to YouTube and watch a documentary called The Grounded. Uh, long story short, it's about a guy who was reading some research about the Earth's electromagnetic field or charge And our own charge and the electricity that's surging through our homes, our cell phones, our computers, um, it has a direct effect on our bodies. And the argument he was making was that, well, we're not connected to the earth anymore. I believe the earth has a negative charge. And when we put our feet on the earth, we absorb electrons that then counteract the free radicals running through our bodies. The longer you do it, the better the benefits are. The problem is our homes are built on concrete, on things that do not conduct uh, electricity well. They do not allow us to ground when we pick up all these charges throughout our day. So we have these charges building up in our bodies, having this negative impact, letting free radicals run through, which contributes to aging, contributes to disease, contributes mainly to inflammation in the body. And we have no way of, of discharging that unless you go outside and walk barefoot and connect to the earth. It sounds very spiritual, but it's also very scientific. Now I will say, in certain Reiki sessions dealing with um, I, uh, somebody that had fibromyalgia, as soon as I get intuition on things they can do to help themselves, number one, what I've what I've learned as a Reiki practitioner is I, I it's best when I'm barefoot so I can be connected so I can ground myself. The next thing I learned, I was talking to this one woman who has fibromyalgia, I said, look, go outside with your bare feet and walk in the grass. It. Will, I, I didn't know anything about earthing. I said, go outside, walk in the grass, and it's going to help your body um, connect and heal. And she did. She does in the summertime. And it has made a, a, a great impact on her health with what she's dealing with because it tackles the inflammation piece. The results that are coming out of the research with grounding... Are phenomenal people. At cortisol levels reducing people's stress. Inflammations going down. Thyroid problems are being solved. People are sleeping better. People with chronic pain are, are waking up pain free. So this is these are the claims that are being made. I go for. I want to do a whole show on this. I'm not going to do this tonight. Um, although I just gave you a bunch of information. I finally got a mat uh, about a week ago. Yeah, came a week ago today, last Friday, and I've been grounding every night. And despite being tired despite the stress that I'm under, and, and let me tell you, I've been running every day this week with real estate, with with teaching, with kids, with with the, uh, my broken phone, everything. It's just been an insane week. My stress level, I, I've barely gotten fired up or upset. you know, I have my moments, of course, but I, I think part of that's attributed to being grounded and and reducing the the cortisol levels in my in my system. Um, I, I think it, I've noticed an immediate an immediate change um, the first two or three nights when I started grounding I was sitting out uh, what it is it you can buy a pad you can buy wristbands you can buy a whole bunch of different things um, that you plug into the ground plug in your uh, in your outlet so the first couple of nights I was sitting at my computer trying to do some writing and I had my feet resting on my feet resting on the pad and I kept falling asleep it, I mean it was the deepest sleep I've experienced in years, you know, and I I fall asleep pretty easily. But ever since having kids, I wake up five, six, seven, eight times a night. With this, when I have this grounding pad in my bed, I'm not waking up. I, I might wake up once to pee, but I, I don't I don't wake up. I'm in such a deep, heavy sleep, and I wake up, and I'm not. I don't have my my hands usually hurt when I wake up, like with joint pain a little bit. I don't feel that pain. And I feel happy. And I, I, some days I wake up, even if I haven't done yoga the night before, my body feels charged as if I just did an intense yoga workout the day before. And it's like a it's a it's like a yogi a yogi high. Like you're all energized and charged up. So I'm getting these great feelings from it. So right now it's it's two thumbs up for me. I'm waiting to see if my thyroid condition improves over the next month from doing this regularly as well. But uh, I, I'm definitely excited about it, and I, I'm working on. Uh, I got to talk to Ray about this too, but um, pulling in some links to get to you guys, um, you know, to purchase your own mats and stuff. So uh, I'm working on something for that right now. Uh, more to come on that, but check out that documentary, The Grounded. And you know, there's some good interviews with Dr. Mercola as well, talking about getting grounded. But I think it's so important to make sure that we're doing this. Um, electromagnetism comes up time and again in my research. It's It's such an important piece to the book uh, and, and to my life now, um, I, I can't explain it. There's some something that has been guiding me and feeding me information. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it's doing it. For the most part, the information I'm getting has helped me. It's helped me to learn. It's helped me to understand. It's helped improve my life in a lot of ways. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, but it's definitely not me. And, and I've had some profound experiences. I have no way of knowing things. And all of a sudden, it's like the Matrix. Like, boom, you just get hit with this information. Like, that didn't come from me. Where did this come from? It's probably nothing. Let me look it up. And then you go sit down and type in exactly the phrase in your head. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is something real. Anyway, I'm digressing. But that uh, ties into this wireless world. We uh, We live in this simulation, I believe that we're in. And I might get into that in a little bit. All right. Let's talk about some of the dangers of technology that we're seeing. Uh, a few articles here um, on websites that start talking when I'm giving my show. So hopefully they're, they play nice, but the way tech's been treating me lately, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe AI, you know, sky that already exists in the internet. and it, It's aware of my uh, attempts to talk negatively about its growth and is slowly going into the past to circumvent my show. Who knows? All right, this one. Could police replay murder victims' memories after they die? Scientists have found that all memories have unique genetic signatures. By studying the brain, they can tell the type of events a person has endured. Scientists hope to apply the technology to tackle forensic cases in reviving the memories of the recently- deceased now right now as this reads i'll have the link for you to review it's not like you can plug a you know a probe into somebody's brain you're going to watch a movie of it i think they're looking for specific markers that would indicate trauma or or whatever um but we're getting there we are certainly getting there with the ability to to literally read people's minds and uh that's a scary thing it's great if somebody dies and you could do it to see you know how they died if they were murdered or whatever, but what if they're doing it before somebody dies to evade your privacy? Well, the government wouldn't do that, would they? Would they? Well, maybe they would. Let's take a look here Yahoo News facial recognition used to catch fugitive among 60,000 concert goers in China. This is fascinating. Uh, in the, It's the ultimate music lover's fantasy being picked out of the audience by your idol at a huge rock concert for a fleeting moment of on-stage fame and adulation. But in China, you're more likely to be picked out by one of thousands of police surveillance cameras which link people to crimes through advanced facial recognition technology. That's what happened last week to a 31-year-old man who was held by police for questioning over an economic dispute. As he waited with more than 60,000 fans of Hong Kong's Jackie Chung for a night of pumping cantipop. Now, what this article talks about is how, number one, the people of China don't really care, according to the article. They're used to this technology. It doesn't bother them They're not protesting it like we do here in the United States. But the police literally are wearing a pair of glasses... With a camera on it, and it's hooked up to a mainframe somewhere. And every face they scan, it's running through its database of faces that it has, and linking people. You know, it'll it then gives them alert: hey, suspect located, or person of interest located. I I mean, this is insane. And you're going to sell it on well, it keeps us more safe. I'm no, Uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like facial recognition you can't hide well if you got nothing to hide why you need to hide well i may not have anything to hide but that doesn't mean i want people tracking me and getting all my data my i mean look if my if you can hack these systems and my metadata is affiliated with that now in the right hands some criminal crime boss can get these glasses put them on look at my face oh that's dennis oh, here's his bank account information here's where it is And, and they know everything about me because they use facial recognition. I don't like this at all. Uh, it seems really cool, but it's so dangerous. It's so, so dangerous. And I hate to use the term police state, but China, and obviously a police state with what they're using with that, they probably don't need anything like that right now though, because we're all addicted to our smartphones. Everybody's connected to the cloud and we're looking to merge brains with cloud technology according to Elon Musk and Neuralink anyway. So this is bad, my friends. I, I think this is all bad. All right, here we go. Another article here. It's going to take a minute. This is from Daily Star. Mayor vows to replace politicians with robots if elected. The aspiring city mayor promises that if elected to office, he replaced politicians with artificially intelligent robots who would gather data on the population, just like Cambridge Analytica did. So again, he's claiming that robots can make better decisions. Uh, Let's see. Manchito... Matsuda, 44, made an impassioned speech about outlining his unusual political vision for the vast housing development, which was built in the 1960s, and is the largest in Japan. Mr. Matsuda said, uh, "Tama New Town has the most advanced city in Japan. 40 years ago, as it stands, the aging population will only continue to grow, prompting a need for change in the current administration." It shows a bunch of pictures here. The campaign signs that are pl- plastered everywhere are of a robot. He says, let artificial intelligence determine policies by gathering city data and we can create clearly defined politics. Now, again, it sounds appealing. The AI can develop and process algorithms much better than a person can in in a lot of cases. And they may be able to develop a course of action based on all that data. There's just something scary to me taking humanity out of the loop. I, I know these are can be beneficial tools that we can use and we, but we should keep it as a tool. We want to give them control as politicians. I think that's going a little bit far. Maybe use your computer that you sh- as I've always said, we need to make sure we're always in control. So use it to analyze, but don't give it this AI position of power as if that's not bad enough. CNET.com has a story. Are robots people? Europe isn't sure. Now they use some interesting comparisons uh, between Terminator and reality today. You know, if, he says, if Terminator, if a Terminator pours coffee in your lap, who's to blame? The Terminator or Skynet? Who the hell knows at this point? But this is something that uh, Europe is, uh, the, I'm sorry, the European Commission is evaluating. Released in early 2017, they suggested creating a legal status for robots in the long run, so they could be responsible for making good any damage they may cause. Uh, in one single line of, in the lengthy report, but it's deemed important enough for 156 artificial intelligence experts to write an open letter denouncing the suggestion. According to the letter, there's a number of reasons why assigning what the report calls cards, sorry, what the report calls electronic personality to robots is a bad idea. And the main thing is this: if a robot does something bad and we blame the robot and we go after the robot and punish the robot well that robot at least for right now was programmed by a company a corporation a programmer by making these robots you know individual persons well a whole bunch of other things come into play with that now you look at having to grant them citizenship and giving them rights this is what this article is talking about and it relieves the programmer of culpability. So they can create a robot, it can go out and malfunction and go crazy, hurt a bunch of people, kill a bunch of people, and it's the robot's fault, not the manufacturer. So this is, this is the world we're moving into. These are some of the ethical issues that we are going to need to tackle in the very, very near future. I don't know what the answer is, but uh, it's concerning to say the least. All right, let's talk data for a minute. Zuckerberg was recently, before Congress, uh, Jimmy Church was going off. He was talking about it. He said he watched the whole thing, and he said, you know, the biggest thing, it seemed like everybody was kissing the guy's ass. And why? Because there was a few that were, you know, kind of rough on him, but for the most part, because Zuckerberg is one of the most powerful people in the world. He's got a lot of money, which he can contribute to. This is what Jimmy Church was saying. Which he can contribute to their campaigns, and he has access to data to know everything about everyone who's connected to Facebook. Denied a lot of stuff. He denied that Facebook is listening to you because uh, people report speaking about something and then all of a sudden it shows up on their you know, their news, their news feed advertisements. So that's a little weird, but he he's denied it and they didn't really press it from what I understand. With that being said, Let me me step back for a minute. We all know I, I used to work at Intel. And one of the things you wanted to do when you had a target, when somebody you were trying to get information about, you want to know everything about a person, right? So if you suspect somebody's committing crimes, I don't want to just know that. Or if you have somebody that you might want to use for a source, I want to know everything about that person because I want them to give me information. Well, I'm not... You can't just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I want you to betray the people or the country that you care about and tell me your secrets without any leverage or motivation. So the, there are things that you need to know about that person. Do they have any gambling problems, drug problems, infidelity problems? Uh, you know, what are their likes, what are their dislikes? Who's in their family? Who else can I talk to that's going to give me information about him? Who do they care about? Who can, you know, can, can, you, can you blackmail them? Can you this? Can you that? All these different things data points about a person that allows you to then manipulate or guide them into doing what you want them to do. Sometimes it's a matter of a simple bribe. Sometimes it's a matter of a simple blackmail. Um, But to gather that data could take years back in the day. uh, This wasn't that long. This was 2003 when I was working in that field. And, And I didn't have crazy experience with that stuff i didn't get you know i I wasn't in for that long but that's what the training was and i did have real world experience but it, it never got that deep and complex for me but that's intelligence that's intelligence collection i remember i refused to do anything online for the longest time. And when I did, I was using a fake name, fake address, fake this, fake that, everything. When MySpace came out, uh, everything I used was was a fictitious name, a fictitious date of birth. I I mean, I would get junk mail and I would shred it because I didn't want anybody to know my address, that I was affiliated with that particular address. Like I was, I had uh, no signature anywhere. And then gradually... I ended up getting on to Facebook to get in touch with friends and family and then it chipped away at me and now it's... I mean, obviously, you know, I wrote the book and I'm doing the show so I put it all out there. And it's scary uh, knowing what that information could be, how it could be used against me or against anybody. That information is out there. Basic stuff. As an agent, I remember saying, I would have loved if Facebook was around in 2003 when I was doing that work. What would have taken me years I could do in minutes from going through people's trash, interviewing their neighbors, talking to previous employers, scheduling long elicitation meetings to gather a little bit of information at a time, conducting surveillance. I mean, there's all these different things you do to gather information. And right now, it's, it's frightening. I can tell you what your favorite food is tell you where you shop because everybody's always checking in or looking at your GPS. What's most important, you can see who everyone's friends are. When you're trying to see who's involved in this crime ring, well, now we got your social media profile and we see everybody that you're tied to. We see everybody that you're friends with. Your cell phone's going to tell me everywhere you've been. What a great, perfect opportunity for a uh, an intelligence organization to gather information on everyone because you the point is you never know when you're going to need Dirt or intel on somebody. You never know. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. You never know when you're going to need that information. So, with that being said, Ray and I were having one of our many deep conversations tonight, and he dropped another bomb on me with this article he sent me. And now, I'll tell you, it's AI's listening right now, or Facebook is listening right now, I'm trying to read this article and everything on my computer just froze on me. You've got to be kidding me. All right. The title of it, I'm going to read what I got. Pentagon Kills Lifelong Project. Wow. Just as I said that, I got the page. I started reading it. The page unresponsive window just popped up and blocked exactly where I'm reading. I'm not making this stuff up, my friends. I I don't believe this. This is crazy. All right. We're going to wait here. This was working fine before the show. I've had this up for a while. The Pentagon canceled its so-called lifelong project, an ambitious effort to build a database tracking a person's entire existence. Run by DARPA, the Defense Department's research arm, Lifelong aimed to gather in a single place just about everything an individual says sees or does. The phone calls made, the TV shows watched, the magazines read, the plane tickets bought, the email sent and received out of this seemingly endless ocean of information. Computer scientists would plot distinctive routes in the data, mapping relationships, memories, events, and experiences. I can't read anymore because it froze up and it's giving me all sorts of error messages now. Gotcha. I got enough out here. Didn't work. <clears throat> this was written in 2004. Ray found this article from 2004 and it talks about how the program ended up getting scrapped or did it? Now this is unconfirmed, this aspect of it, but there's rumors out there and Ray brought this up that DIA approached, you know, these kids in their garages, uh, building software like Zuckerberg and said, Hey, Hey, Just like this project describes, we want to know everything about everyone. Well, every day I get a reminder, last year you had this memory. Five years ago, this is what happened. You know, it starts giving you all these memories and it's cute and it's fun. And I've said it all the time. This dangerous technology that comes out is not going to be, people talk about the microchipping. It's not going to be imposed on us by the government. It's going to be welcomed by the consumer. Well, I'll... It's out there, my friends. It is out there. Is it possible this is one of the most massive ops of data collection ever conceived in our known history? Yes, it is possible. Something to think about. This was the plan. The plan got scrapped in the Pentagon. They were starting to work on it. They scrapped it. I did. I was talking with, in a thread the other day. Somebody brought up MySpace. Like, oh, whatever happened to Tom? They were making fun of uh, Zuckerberg. And somebody else, wild conspiracy theory, I haven't confirmed it, point of research for you guys out there, said that Tom was actually some kind of agent, and MySpace was like the first version of this to try to gather that intel on people. So I, I don't know, but I wouldn't put it. Why wouldn't you? That's what I would say. Why wouldn't? if your job is to, you know, I can think with both different, I can think of it as, as, a free citizen of the world and I can think as a, an intelligence agent and as an intelligence agent, why wouldn't you want this information on everybody? Because you never know when you're going to need it for a rainy day. And if you have the ability to process it and store it, then absolutely. Now, I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's, it's a violation of, of our freedom, of our right, of our sovereignty. But, I understand why they want to do something like that, which is scary. Definitely scary. All right. Anything else I want to say on that before I move on? I can't believe that this page froze up on me as I was trying to do that. That's wild. Okay, let's talk let's talk about this uh strike. Oh my gosh, everything froze up. Here we go. Let's talk about this strike in Syria. That happened tonight. We've been seeing the buildup for this. I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the state of the union in the United States of America right now. I try not to get political and I don't think that I am going to get political but anytime you talk about somebody who's in politics people are like, ah, that's political. I think that Trump's administration is in significant trouble. And I think we can look at what's going on in the White House right now and we can connect some dots to what some people in the independent slash alternative media have been saying that may lend some credibility to who they are, to the other stuff they're talking about, possibly. I'm going to come back to David Wilcock. Again, the guy tells some wild stories. And I'm not saying he's not—they're not they're not true, but they're wild stories that he talks about. I've done a bunch of shows talking about him. And I keep coming back to this. One of the things he said was that there's a cabal and an alliance. Now, in my opinion, Hillary Clinton represented that cabal. And and I believe that if Clinton was in office, we would have gone to war with Russia already. And there were a lot of indicators there as it was looking like Hillary was going to win the election. Russia moved its largest fleet ever noted, ever seen Uh, through the English Channel as a show of force on its way to Syria showing, hey, here's what we got. Bring it on, Clinton. Trump got elected. That didn't happen. Hillary and her cabal and all those supporters, obviously we know what happened over that. And, And listen, friends, we need to be able to have this conversation whether you agree with what I'm saying or not. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But this... Election divided the nation even further. And I don't think that was an accident. But immediately, the Clinton machine started putting out the spin or the story that Trump had colluded with the Russians. I'm not saying he didn't, and I, but I think that some of the things that are being called collusion is just politics, is just being a statesman. Up until tonight, and I don't know how this is going to end, the The argument I was making is I, I'm not a fan of Trump, and I, I think he's, I think the man's very smart, I think he's a strategic chess player, but I don't really like the guy, I don't really like his politics. That's my disclaimer there. But he's kept us out of war. We haven't gone to war with Russia. We haven't gone to war with North Korea. Despite all the rhetoric and saber-rattling that's been going on, we haven't gone to war. And my hat's off to him for that. Now, we're launching these Tomahawk missiles over there this evening based on some intel that came out. Now, from what I heard, this intel initially came out of the White Hats, now, I've also heard the white hats reporting is extremely suspect. There are rumors floating around that this attack didn't happen, or it didn't happen the way that it was said. Russia's made that statement that it's fake news. Syria's made that statement, and of course they're going to. you don't know who to believe when stuff like this happens. But I'm wondering if that, in fact, is legit. If that this did not happen the way, the way we're being told, and I feel like. Here's my point talking about the cabal and the alliance. And I don't know that Trump represents the alliance, but Trump definitely represents somebody who's not a part of the cabal and somebody who has targeted the cabal. And you see so many people have been coming after him. It looks as if there are at least two warring factions within the United States government. Now what's concerning is that Trump is losing people, left and right. People are are quitting. they resigning. That's worrisome when so many people are leaving. I don't. Are they afraid? Can they just not work for the man? I don't know. But that's that is very concerning to me. That that the leader of this country can't select people who are going to stay on the job and do the job. There's no consistency. There's fear. There's it just. It's a very concerning situation right now. Now, Comey released, uh, the the former FBI director, Comey released his book this week. And he slams Trump in it, from what I understand. And, of course, Trump comes back and calls him a liar and calls him names on uh, Twitter and everything. But it's a pretty damaging, the media is selling this as a pretty damaging book. Some of the stuff, although it's not my cup of tea... I don't think holds any place in politics. I don't need to know about the man's sex life. I don't need to know about his extramarital affairs. As cold as this sounds, does it impact his ability to run the government? So I hate when they start getting involved in this and running with it like it's a major news story. They did it to Clinton. They did it to, I know Kennedy had an affair. I don't think they they butchered him over the media with that. But who cares? It, It has nothing to do with him as president but it's, it's used to discredit the man. Anyway, I think that this cabal went at war with Russia and Syria is the catalyst that they're trying to use. They've tried it a couple times. Now, I think Trump's, Trump is getting backed into a corner. It, the timing of all of this is just too perfect with people resigning, with the raid on Trump's attorney's um, office This week, the chemical attack in Syria and the fact that Comey's book just came out. It's a perfect storm to put a lot of pressure, a lot of stress on Trump to try to get him off his game. I think it's an organized movement to dethrone the man. And it's concerning because I think America's in a weakened state. What's going to happen if they try to get him out of office? What's going to happen to all the Trump supporters in the country versus all the people who are anti-Trump? Are we going to es- erupt and escalate into violent violent conflict, some kind of civil war? Is that going to leave us vulnerable where our enemies, we just created an enemy with, uh, we possibly, I don't know, I have to get the latest updates, did we create an enemy with Russia now? I, I don't know. I do think Trump is trying to salvage the relationship with Russia he put that again I think as weird and out there as his tweets are I think he knows exactly what he's doing he knows the reactions he's going to get from his tweets he made this threatening statement Russia watch out the bombs are coming I think that was his way of saying I'm going to look like I'm talking garbage but Vlad I'm letting you know we are going to respond please move your assets so we don't have to go to war I think that was his intent behind that. And again, I'm not glorifying the guy. I don't like the guy. But I think, why am I saying this? I said it last week. I've said it. Look at the World War II show. Look at the Vietnam show. There's a movie coming out about the Pentagon Papers by Spielberg soon. Traditionally, American people and people of the world are manipulated to gain support for us to go to war. Is that happening right now? The Russians have been continually demonized. Now, I don't know where I stand on Russian involvement, Russian problems. Are they a threat? Are they not? I, I do sometimes, I do look at data where I suspect they have had a hand in further dividing the nation. I, I do strongly suspect that. But I do I don't know that it makes a case for us to go to war. I I certainly don't want to end up in war with any country, especially Russia. It could be bad. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I think we need to, as I said last week, evaluate everything. No matter how crazy a theory sounds or a statement sounds, evaluate everything. And we need to be careful in giving our support I don't think we need to go to war at all, honestly. I think we need to do everything to avoid it. Ray has an article. He put it up there tonight. The history of emotional warmongering. U.S. establishment demanding war in Syria. Question. If the first casualty of war is truth, what's the perpetual casualty of perpetual war? Ray starts out. You know what? I don't want to steal all Ray's thunder, but I do want to read some of the facts that he came up with. Go back and read Ray's entire article. I'll have it linked. But here's some of the facts that he pulled. New elected President Trump made it clear that regime change in Syria was off the table when he took office. April 2017, President Assad, with Russian assistance, was on the verge of declaring final victory in the Civil War. With the United States pulling back from conflict, his Russian allies at his side and victory at hand, supposed Assad decided to order a chemical attack. Western media and political echo chambers burst into outrage, demanding President Trump take action. President Trump ordered more than 50 cruise missiles to strike the Syrian targets. Warmongers in D.C. establishment and mainstream media took a couple of days off from their president criticism of Trump and called him presidential. I remember that. That was the one time they said, Trump is starting to look like the commander in chief. It was like all these statements about how wonderful he is. Why? Because he started playing your narrative. Uh, April 4, 2018, President Trump announces he plans to withdraw American forces from Syria. Within days, President Assad, an obvious glutton for his own demise, decides that's a good moment to launch another chemical attack. I mean, he didn't even wait for the U.S. to pull out. Ray, these are some great points you put together. What a great analysis here. Um, The moral outrage, again, reverberated through the Western echo chambers demanding action from Trump. This combined with the supposed poison attack in London with an agent that could easily be tied directly to Russia just fueled the demand for war. Uh, again, we've got Russian agents that were being targeted uh, or you know, former spies that were being targeted. They're blaming on Russia. I'm sorry. It, it, it's it, Ray has four or five more points here that I'm going to save for you to go to the website and check out. Very important, very eye-opening. But when you study this type of history... It's the same game. It's the same game governments play every couple generations. They do it again and again and again, and they coax people into war. Now, Trump, I feel like, you know, he's in the schoolyard right now, and all the kids are saying, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. And he doesn't really want to fight, but at the same time, they're like, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. And he feels like, oh, I got to. I got to stay face, got to save my job, whatever. And he's under all this other stress. So, what I'm seeing from my vantage is I think Trump's being heavily manipulated and I think I think really this nation is attacking itself and I think we're under attack from external influences. And while all that's going on, nobody's talking about UFOs. Nobody's talking about the potential for free, clean energy, the potential to interact with a species that could answer so many questions about who we are and the development of world peace. We're not talking about the benefits of meditation and the power of meditation and consciousness and remote viewing. Why? Why? Yet CNN is going nuts right now because they have some warmongering to do on their feed. Just be cautious. Check that out at sixcentsmedia.net. Um, it, it's a great read by Ray Davis and he, and there's some other stuff. He, again, he was killing it with content, uh, just some headings. I'm going to read the 10 moral duties of Kings in parentheses governments, uh, there's an article called judging others. He has Tuesday affirmations up there. Be the change affirmations. Ray is, uh, he's the founder of the affirmation spot and, and it's a form of meditation. I'll say, and he can speak to it better than I can. But an affirmation is reciting positive phrases that, you know, and from my study of of kind of how you can program things into the universe, you start to embody those things. And, and, you know, we laugh at the old Stuart Smalley character from Saturday Night Live. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. But that's what an affirmation is, and that's tongue-in-cheek the way they did that with Stuart Smalley, but that's a reality. That stuff works. When you sit there and from somebody who's suffered from depression and you think, I suck, I'm horrible, I'm terrible, I'm no good, I'm just going to fail, you're miserable, you're sad, you're depressed because you have that negative self-talk going on. You don't even try things. The things you try, you probably do mess up, and then that just fulfills what you believed about yourself anyway. When you sit there, look, I'm a cocky, can sometimes be an arrogant guy. I'm a little overconfident sometimes. But I've accomplished a lot of stuff because in my head I go, I'm the best. I'm great. I can do it. Nobody can tell me that I can't do it. Even if I mess up once or twice, I'll get back up. I'm not going to quit. I have those affirmations in my head and it works. It programs me to view things in a different light so it's not bringing me down. Ray has a ton of affirmations out there for a ton of different scenarios uh, and some of them are free. You can get them through sixcentsmedia.net. There's some links to it uh, on there. We can listen to some of his tracks. Um, well worth your time. It, you know, it's it's another way you can spread some positivity. Ray does a lot of that. You know, make sure you're meditating and everything too. Uh, you know, I'm still going through with, I talked about Ram last week. I'm still using that meditation and um, you know, haven't made contact with anything yet. And that's probably because I'll tell you, I, I sometimes wonder When I'm starting to get close to things, I feel the the barrage of, I don't want to say negativity, but it it gets harder. and Sometimes it gets harder just before you have a breakthrough. Um, I'm sticking with it. That's all I can say. And I hope that you are as well. I want to get back into the remote viewing experiments once I get a little bit more time. Um, so we can start practicing that again and honing in on our skill, because I think that's important. I want to direct you to SixSenseMedia.net. At the top of the page, there's a, there's an Audible banner. Get two free audiobooks. Start your free trial. Click on that. If you haven't signed up for Audible before, click on it and sign up. Get your two free audiobooks. Once you go through them, then cancel the subscription before you have to pay any money. Why am I saying that? That would definitely help us out. We're, uh, you know, we're affiliates with with Audible and Amazon. Um, you know, we don't make a ton on that, but every little bit helps. We, you know, right now we're we're a new startup organization, and it would just be a, a great help if you could uh, check, check click that link and, and get started with Audible. And it's a great service. I, I don't have time to read as often as I'd like right now, so I love getting the audiobooks and just playing it while I'm in the car, just listening to the books. Um, great quality. And also sixcentsmedia.net on the right hand side, or if you scroll all the way down, right now we have three books of ours that are up. Ray's book, Anunnaki Awakening, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I have a copy of I Am Human and We're Not Who We Think We Are up there, and I have uh, the Urban Educator Survival Guide: School Teachers in Violent Classrooms. It's a hot button right now. This is a uh, is a great guide. I think it's only like five or six bucks right now. I don't even have the price in front of me. Um, if you're a teacher and you're concerned or really anybody, even in the workplace, the principles of it will work in teaching you how to go through a process of being tactically minded, how to mentally prepare, how to mentally role play, what to do when a violent incident happens, what to do after an incident happens, how to document it to protect yourself and report it up and and, and improve upon it. So check that out as well. Um, Great read. We'll have more books coming up there uh, in the near future as we continue to grow the site. I have a couple more of my books and projects I'm going to get up there Uh, real soon. So that's all the time I have, my friends. I hope uh, I was able to express myself in a clear, concise, coherent manner. I always feel that I do because it's right now it's uh, 12.02 Saturday, April 14th. I need to get some sleep because I got to get up in six hours and uh, do it all again. Have a wonderful week, my friends. Keep checking back, sixcentsmedia.net. Hit us up on Twitter for at sixcentsmedia and six underscore cents underscore media. I'm sorry, and on Facebook, the Six Cents Media. Thank you, my friends. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast. Small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep open mind. Thank you. (laughs) The other man, 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 the other man,